All right. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm excited about the Lord's Day. This is the, the church's day. Somebody say the church's day. This is a day, the Lord's Day, we come together to worship, we come together to focus on the people of God, to feed the people of God. You know, right here at the beginning, getting in the habit of doing reverse, reverse altar calls. Altar calls at the beginning. Because I want you to receive all that the Word of God has to, to speak today and you know, so each one of us right now, we can open up our hearts today. If we haven't done so yet, you can even right now invite Jesus to come and be your Lord and your Savior. Have complete control of your life. It might sound a little spooky at the beginning, but trust me, you want Jesus in complete control of your life. You want to get out of the driver's seat and let him come and, and drive. Each of us today in this house and really any house of the Lord throughout this entire world are invited to be planted into the body of Christ. We're not talking about per se reach community, but we're talking about the body of Christ, the church. And you have an invitation. It's an open, it's an open invitation. It's kind of how we, we have our membership here you know, we have open membership because Christ has given all of us an open invitation to come into relationship. I didn't sign on any dotted line when Jesus came and invaded my life. He was there. I opened up and boom, and it was all done with after that. So here, this is, we can be planted into the body of Christ where we come and we worship and we bring our hunger for Jesus. We bring our, our tithes and offerings as worship and faith. We actively, everybody say actively. actively. We actively become part of the community of God. Actively. And that's where I want to go today. Because I have this word that really, and, um, and I, I say it, I don't know if it's either good or bad to say it, it's just the truth, that I, I don't, I'm not up in the middle of the night often, I sleep. Is anybody else like me, do you sleep in the middle of the night? I, I know there's some of you that are up all night getting those words from the Lord night after night. I sleep, and so that's just how it goes with me. But on Friday at, at 2 a.m., I just didn't know why I was up, didn't know why I kept stirring and and just just got up and went and sat down and had some provoking thoughts that were just continue to come and like invade my my mind and some of those provoking thoughts that were keeping me awake were on the individual growth of the body of believers and how that pertains to the outpouring of God's spirit and then it kind of led me from there into our God-given desire and need for intimacy and how that relates to the outpouring of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For, for a couple weeks now, we've been on the specific topic of the gift of the Holy Spirit stemming from weeks and weeks now from just walking through the triumphal entry of Christ all the way through his death, resurrection, ascension to the outpouring 
of the Holy Spirit. And today is <clears throat> we're just going to continue to walk this lane. We're just going to continue to walk down this and talk about the lasting effects of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church and how it can be compared to no other event throughout human history. The lasting effects of the outpouring of the gift of God. It's really, you know, the single-handedly, the outside of obviously the, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has really what has set the tone for the church ever since the day of Pentecost and all the way until Jesus comes and captures the church up and we are called to meet him in the air. Let's read a few scriptures here. They're not new scriptures. We're just, we're just meditating and we're just gnawing on some of the passages we've been reading from week to week. Um, with the exception of this first one in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord was working with them and confirming the word by the signs that followed. Mark 16, 20. From there we go back to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to jump from verse 4 to 14 to 42 to 43. And it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 14, Peter stood up with the eleven and said, listen, kind of bit down a little bit into it, says, listen carefully to what I say. I love that Peter had to sort of emphasize that day that you needed to turn your listeners on. Something was going to be being said. You know, sometimes we go to church and doesn't matter if our listeners are on or not. <laughs> if there's nothing being said, there might be nothing to be heard. But, but let us not be that sort of place. Amen? So I'm going to encourage you. Turn your listeners on today because we're going to say something. We're going to attempt to say something today. And this is what was spoken, Peter goes on to say. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then lastly, in verse 43, and it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. This is kind of where we paused last week when we began to talk about the spirit of unity and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, how on that day of Pentecost, that we had a restoration of unity that was lost thousands of years ago at that Tower of Babel. When men came together for the purpose of exalting themselves in order to accomplish great feats, God confused them and God sent them to the four corners of the earth. But on that day of Pentecost, God brought mankind together from 500 to 120. And when they came into one accord, he poured out the spirit of God among them. And that spirit of God produced a new unity that had not been known ever in humankind. It had not been known ever. There was a unity of spirit, a unity of language, a unity of mission, an opportunity for a unity of purpose that had never been known before. 
So today, the overall, the overall theme that we're working through today is how the outpouring of the Holy Spirit produces growth and intimacy within the body of Christ. How the outpouring of the Holy Spirit produces growth and intimacy within the body of Christ. You know, too many of us as Christians, and this may or may not apply to you, maybe it applies to somebody you know, don't just take it and throw it off to somebody else and say, yeah, pastor's, pastor's preaching about you again today. It might be us, but too many, too many Christians, and I've heard it way too many times over the course of my 20-plus years of ministry, Christians remain unspiritual, Christians remain not growing in our walk with Christ for extremely too long. Christians remain not growing and unspiritual and not able to clearly hear the voice of God or clearly follow the direction of Scripture for extremely too long. You know, we've all, many of us have had children, and imagine that, that newborn baby if he's two foot tall and still asking for mama's nana. That's what my, my, my little Seth is, mama nana, I've told y'all that before. He's still, you know, he's still at that age where it still makes sense, but we're like, Seth, you're kind of on the brink here, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, and by the way, little one, there's another one coming. <clears throat> He hasn't, quite, he hasn't quite taken that one in. I think last night was the first victory for my wife, you know, with um, Seth's journey of nana. But it would be like that, that baby that would have been two foot tall and still asking for nana at five years old. If a baby is still two foot tall and asking for nana at five years old, we would automatically say, something's off here. Something's weird here, and probably even deem something to be wrong. Yet Christians can go for years with stunted growth, and no alarms are being sounded. Years, two foot tall, walking around when we're supposed to be growing, Pastor, Nana. <laughs> Pastor, give me Nana. Don't give me anything too hard. I know, I'm messing a little bit. It's truth. It's truth. It's a little bit, we try to make it fun. A little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. <clears throat> but it's true. Today, we just want to sound the alarm for, if nobody else, we want to sound the alarm for us, for this community, for the people that we're in connection with, the people that we're responsible to be speaking to and discipling and loving and nurturing to adulthood. Each one of us are supposed to be growing in our walk with Christ. Very simple statement that happens way too seldom. We're supposed to be growing in our knowledge of Christ and in our intimacy 
with Christ. And here, listen to me, people of God, today that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit expedites the fulfillment of God's plans and purposes in your life. We've looked at this in many different, from many different angles and, and try to talk about it and teach it from, from many different experiences. From It's the privilege that's offered to everyone. It's the promise that even for those who are far off, it's God's promise to his people. But the outpouring of the Holy Spirit expedites the fulfillment of God's plans. We can even see this come to pass in the life of Christ. Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, that beautiful small passage where it says that Jesus increased in stature and in favor before God and man. Now, look at this. For 18 years, this is from his encounter at the temple. Parents come and find him. Jesus, you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business. And he goes back with mom and family and dad. And for 18 years, he begins this growth. 18 years of growing pre-outpouring of the Holy Spirit in his life. What did we see not take place in Jesus' life and ministry? We did not see the launching into his actual public ministry, his launching into the moving in the power of the Spirit, his launching into having to face persecution, having to learn how to walk through the temptations of Satan. None of that began to happen until Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, when it says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that, that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at the age at 30 years old. So before this point, Jesus, yes, there was growth happening in his life. There was wisdom that was happening. You see, you're supposed to be growing even from that moment of salvation. That moment of salvation, Jesus didn't have need of salvation. He was sinless. So Jesus' early childhood, in one sense, is a picture of us in our salvation. That even in our salvation, we're supposed to be a people who are growing in wisdom and in stature with our Heavenly Father. We're supposed to be growing. You're supposed to be, it's supposed to be making more sense. You're supposed to be making progress down the road. But on that day that Jesus had the Holy Spirit, the gift of God poured out in his life for the next three and a half years, Jesus spent walking with people opening up the scriptures, teaching them the new way. And it was through these three years of New Testament salvation that it wasn't even that salvation was offered to all mankind yet. I got a little thought about that in just a moment. But Jesus was walking for three and a half years just sharing this new way and teaching people, but yet not being crucified 
are buried, are resurrected, yet at this point. You see, it appears to me that as we journey through life, there's, there's these three basic seasons with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, of course, our Heavenly Father working in our life. The first one being what I just simply call today the, the pre-salvation season. Can you remember that pre-salvation season? Oh, Lord, we're trying, we trying to forget, right? Forgot most of it. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. It's like we have to forget the majority because we're new creations in Christ, but it's like we have to remember just enough to, to remember what God pulled us out of. Amen? Amen. And I, I remember, it's like I have the, the highlight reel that goes through my, my mind. Does anybody else have the highlight reel? I'm not talking, they weren't highlights, they were actually lowlights. You know, your highlight reel is actually a lowlight reel, you know what I'm talking about? The, the low light reel was um, all the times that Jesus came and saved your life and you had no idea it was Jesus saving your life. All those times when you were on the brink of destruction, when obviously Satan and yourself and maybe even other people around you would have just assumed to snuff you out and, and been done with it. But for whatever reason, at that point, unreally revealed to us, it was this whole idea of God being with us not in us not upon us but just the sovereign plan of God just just keeping us on track sometimes we struggle with these sovereign concepts of the Lord but I finally I've laid down the struggle and you know I don't know why an apple tree is an apple tree and why is an orange tree an orange tree I'm just happy that I'm saved and I'm happy that God is doing a work in my life and so we have this pre-salvation we have this pre-salvation period that is kind of the with us period where it appears that the hand of the Lord through the Holy Spirit is watching over us. He's even drawing us because we know that no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. You cannot come to salvation on your own accord. The Spirit of God draws you. He brings you into uh, the house of God. He brings you into that weird relationship that you're like, why is this person even in my life? He brings you into these encounters at the gas station, and he brings you into these encounters and these, these, these off-the-cuff places throughout life because he's giving us this opportunity He's drawing us into these sovereign times, keeping us alive, keeping us safe, orchestrating these encounters that inevitably lead us into salvation. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus that, that he kept his hand upon us. There may have even been moments during these times when we briefly become aware of God's nearness in his presence but for whatever reason at that moment salvation never fully set in i have as i shared recently and i can't remember if it was here there wherever but one of those moments when i was as a young child and as i it was here matter of fact a few weeks back but just to reiterate it i was around 10 years old and i was in children's church completely not saved, not a church-going individual at that point in my life, and, and just the Holy Spirit at that young age just came and, and put his hand upon me that day to where I, on that encounter, was 
praying in the Spirit, and I was having a, a moment in Christ, having no idea what the next eight years of my life were going to look like. Because I started down a, a dark path really early at 12, 13, and just dove fully into that path until Jesus found me, or he'd always found me, and really until I opened my heart to him at 18 years old in that jail cell. That's that pre salvation season where God is with us protecting us why just because he's good then we come into salvation oh thank you Jesus salvation when the spirit of God comes and he moves in us and he comes and makes his home within us at salvation when the Holy Spirit comes and makes residence in our heart and in our life. Now we hear Jesus' voice. We're led by his rhema word. Our eyes that were once blinded, and it's as we walked around and just this veil of darkness were just suddenly opened, and where there was depression, suddenly joy came. We don't have any real explanation there at the beginning. We just know that something changed in our hearts and in our spirits and then where we've been for the last few weeks then comes that outpouring where there is then the upon us the upon us at the outpouring of the holy spirit in our life when we receive the gift of the holy spirit and we begin to discover and activate this whole new realm of faith and walking and moving in the power of God and in the gifts of the Spirit when we begin to operate at a new level within our lives. It's these three basic, and of course we can expound upon any one area of these areas, but when these outpouring, this outpouring comes into our life, even in my opinion, more so than just at salvation, that our daily routines, our priorities, everything about our life as the people of God begin to radically change even more. Yes, they change at salvation, and we're not going to dispute that for a moment today. And I'm going to come back to that for those who are at that thought. You just hang on for a few moments. Acts 2, 46 through 47 says, And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people as the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's great when Jesus comes into our life and when that initial salvation change takes place and we begin to walk in that growth as Jesus grew in wisdom. But we've got to know that Jesus said that you can go and wait for the promise of the Father. 
We have to grow and we have to continue to expedite this growth in our walk with Christ. The days are short. The days are growing dim. The time is growing near. We cannot put growth off for another year. We have to be a people who begin to press in and we go from two feet tall to four feet tall to six feet tall to 20 feet tall in the spirit the sooner the better so growth questions we're just gonna get let's just take it let's break it on down break it on down pastor let's just get practical for a moment Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me go on a quick little detour. In the New Testament, after the day of Pentecost, from what we've seen with both the 120 with the day of Pentecost, the, the Gentile believers in the house of Cornelius, the encounter with Peter and John in Samaria, and with the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 19 when he came upon John's disciples and the first thing he asked him was, did you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? We're operating under a doctrine and a theology within the New Testament that the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out in the people's lives was a priority in every, in every city and in every book of the New Testament. Theologically, we can see enough evidence that it was a priority in the hearts and the minds of the apostles to just incorporate that to every encounter of discipleship, Lord's Day services, homes, breaking bread, having fellowship, that it was always a priority to have you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So understand that in your doctrine. It was a priority within the entirety of the New Testament in the same way that in the Old Testament, a priest could not become a priest or a king could not become a king without that prophet coming with that horn of oil and that prophet anointing David or anointing Aaron, that person would not become in that office that God had called him to without that outpouring in his life. Think about it. And now Jesus has come and he's made the outpouring available to all. He's made the outpouring available to all. So the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart's in your minds. We're asking ourselves some simple growth questions because we're going from two foot to four foot to six foot to eight foot to 10 foot to 20 foot to 30 foot to 40 foot within our spirits. Are you growing in the wisdom, in your theological understanding of scriptures, growing stronger in your daily walk with Christ and activating activated faith in your life being demonstrated are these these are just simple probing questions for you today that i'm just believing the spirit of god is just quickening your thoughts and your heart to challenge you today are your moments of doubt growing less in your moments of faith in god's faithfulness in his keeping power 
growing more and stronger and stronger. Is the plan of God for your life becoming clearer or clearer? Or does it remain as clear as mud? Maybe like it's been for some time. And hard to see. While you often being tossed around like a ship by the waves at sea. Being influenced by the people who we are around this week. From one wind of doctrine to the next. Rather than growing in clarity of the voice of the Spirit of God and the voice of the Word of God in our hearts. You see, accelerated growth happens when we open up ourselves to the outpouring of God's Spirit. Accelerated growth. Accelerated growth. We're like, even sometimes we just are satisfied with, with growth that you might be growing and good on you for growing. I don't want to take anything away from you today. But look at this, at what the Word of God says, and I might be jumping down a little bit into some scriptures closer to the end. I got to find it, though. I'm going to go ahead and go to for in the back, and I apologize, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3. Listen to this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Accelerated growth. And it doesn't leave it at just our faith grows because, oh my goodness, hold on to your seats. Everybody just hold on to your seats for a moment. Because when our faith is excelling and accelerated, it says that, and then the love for every one of you abounds towards each other. Oh my goodness. Accelerated growth means accelerated love for everybody that we come in contact with. Somebody just lift up your hand, say, Jesus, I need some accelerated growth in my life. (laughs) I'm with you. I know. Listen, I know. I know. We all we all there. We're all struggling at different different versions of the same of the same struggles, different seasons of the same struggles. Coming from different backgrounds and from different circumstances. But accelerated growth happens when we go all in. We go all into his word. We go all into our hunger for God. We get out of our love, our new song, when we're getting out of our head. Can somebody say amen? Amen. When we're getting out of our way. And when we're doing something else that's doing something else that's getting out of our way, I I already forgot the verses. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Those who grow the fastest are the ones that show up the most frequently. And I'm not talking about church only. Those who accelerate in their growth the quickest are those who show up. When you're supposed to show up with Jesus, you're there. 
You show up, you said, Jesus, I'm gonna, I wanna spend time with you, I'm hungry for you, and, and Jesus says, okay. Jesus puts it on his iPhone. And he puts his, he makes his calendar and Jesus, he shows up at that point when you said that you were going to be there and, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be there and worship. I'm going to be, I'm going to come to group. I'm going to, we're going to pray together as a family. You go down your list. Those who accelerate in their walk with Christ the fastest are those who show up the most frequently. It's just a simple, simple truth. You got to show up. You gotta show up to the provision of God's word. You gotta, you gotta be okay even on these Sundays when we're just, we're just proding you and priding you and pushing you forward. This isn't just about you're, you're wonderful and you're a child of God. Yes, you're wonderful, you're a child of God, check. Check. Now let's move forward. The gift. Well, the provision of God's word being that food like the gift of the Holy Spirit and horrible illustrations, but nonetheless, I'm going to use them. The gift of the Holy Spirit being like the, that, those nutrients and that fertilizer in that food and, and then coming continually day by day with God's people and just showing up, being that pruning in our life. We just Those who have this growth are those who are showing up in all facets of their walk with Christ. Of course, showing up then comes with the need to implement what we see, what we hear, what we even feel from the Lord and from his people. But he who looks in James 1.25, he who looks carefully, we're careful lookers, carefully. Not half present. Oh, did pastor say something? What, what was that? Write that down for me quick. Carefully. Peter already said, listen carefully. It's something about carefully. It's something about turning on our, our spiritual ears. He who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides by it, shows up faithfully. Abiding by that which we're hearing, seeing, learning. Not having become a careless, this is the amplified, not having become a careless listener who forgets what it means to be an active doer. Instead, we are active doers. Showing up and actively listening and grabbing hold of the nuggets of the Holy Ghost to implement into our daily routines. Maybe it's time for some of us to change our routine. Maybe it's time to look without getting 
legalistic about it and without trying to make it into a, a system of works, which is always the, the line that we're, we need to be diligent, we need to be striving to enter into his rest and his presence, but we don't want to make it into just a, a system of works and check marks and do's and don'ts. But, but we need to carefully look into the perfect law of liberty, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father wanting to get all of our attention. Because the outpouring of God's Spirit produces the intimate aspect of our relationship with Christ. I want you to think about that for a moment. We, we know all of us in this room, every one of us, I would, I would go ahead and assume, has heard a message or knows something about the fact that we're supposed to have intimate relationship with Christ. Can somebody say amen? amen? What part of this this journey with Christ is the part that begins to produce that intimate aspect of our relationship with Christ? It was on the day of Pentecost when the wind in the fire in all of the senses of the believers began to be affected. It was in the Song of Solomon's that we get this this almost scary picture of intimacy that we ask ourselves the question every time we read it, why is this even in the Bible? It's a little bit much. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Solom- Song of Solomon's chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Your name is oil poured out. It's all about touch, about senses, about intimacy. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you and let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will exalt and rejoice with you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. Hear me today, people of God. We must, yes, feel and know that God is with us. Yes, we have to have that that foundation of God's word, of course. Yes, we don't want to just be just all about feely, feely, feely and just be deemed crazy, though we are crazy. We got to embrace the song of Solomon and the, the kisses from his mouth. And I implore to us today that it's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that brings our walk with Christ to these levels of intimacy with Christ. When he begins to affect every aspect of our senses. What would a wedding night be like? If the two sat there, or maybe it was like for some of us, sit there just looking at each other, one on one side of the room, 
one on the other side of the room, speaking the kindest, lovingest words that they could conjure up in the English vocabulary to say to one another from across the room. I love you. I want you. I need you. If they stayed at those opposite sides of the corners of the room, we all know that they're longing for intimacy, though a portion of it would have been satisfied. Not all of it would have been satisfied. There would, have been a, there would have been maybe a thankfulness that they have this person in their life. There's a thankfulness that this person said yes and said I do. But we know that there is a longing for more, that the closest, those who are closest to us, no matter what words they speak to us, there is an intimacy and a love that comes from when we lay our loving hands upon one another. When Jesus comes and he lays his loving hands, he takes his right hand and he comes with his right hand and touches us when he comes with his spirit. And just through every cranny and crack throughout every part of our body and our spirit, he comes and he fills every last part. Why? So that not one part of us is left untouched by the loving hand of God. Yes, we're going out today on a little bit of a Holy Ghost limb. Imploring us that our Father wants to bring us into his chambers to spend the purest, of intimate moments with us. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit accelerates growth. It accelerates intimacy in our lives. When the intimacy of touch vanishes from a relationship, it is a sure tell tale that an alarm should be raised it's true in any marriage relationship it's true in any parental relationship it's true in any relationship with our heavenly father when when we're all of a sudden just like why don't you want to be with us why don't you want to hug me why don't you want to talk to me why don't you want to lay your loving hands upon me when if touch was to disappear, cries for help, pleas for mercy should be brought unto our Father. Because when intimacy goes, so goes relationship. This is truth. Except for the scriptural times of a husband and a wife separating themselves for fasting and prayer. There are seasons, but you get my main point. There needs to be growth in our walk with Christ in wisdom and stature and favor, and there needs to be growth in our relationship with Christ and the Holy Ghost in the levels of intimacy that we're experiencing and walking in in our journey. The outpouring 
of the Holy Spirit is for growth in our relationship with Christ. It's not just for unity. Is there a spirit of unity? Absolutely. It's not just for power to be witnesses. Are you transformed into witnesses? Absolutely. It's not just for moving in the gifts of the Spirit, though we all both need to desire and believe God to move in the gifts, in the power of God. But intimacy draws us. The gift of God draws us into intimacy and accelerates this growth with Christ in our lives. There is no experience. This is where we're coming back to that thought that I left at the beginning about salvation. There is no experience that can be compared to that day when Jesus introduces himself to you. I mean, on that day, 26 years later, uh, I'm sorry, 28 years later for myself, everything changed, hope returned. I could sleep again. I soon began to learn that there was this thing called eternal life that I now possessed. There's no experience that can be compared to that day of salvation. Until the moment on our salvation journey when the gift of the Holy Spirit is poured out in our life. Hear me today. Hear me today. Hear my heart. Hear the exhortation that I'm giving to each one of us today. You can't replace that experience of salvation with anything. We, each one of us need that experience to spend eternity with Christ. But as it pertains to our journey on this earth and walking out the plan of God, walking out in victory, walking out the spirit of power and love and of a sound mind he wants to fill you with this type of spirit if you're dealing with doubt and dealing with fear and dealing with not feeling valued or not having purpose there is a solution the solution is Ephesians 5, 18, that stop getting drunk with wine, which leads to wild living, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. Stop filling ourselves with the things and the philosophies and even the liquids and the substances of this earth, but instead be filled not once, not twice, not three times or four times, and you get the point, but we're filled, and we're filled again in this outpouring, this infinite flow of the Holy Ghost is being poured out in our life by none other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Growing in Christ, which is where we started. Growing in Christ. I'm giving you a simple, simple strategy to grow in Christ. Every day, with the fear of God filling our hearts, 
making decisions that position ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again. Lastly, in Ephesians, and the worship team can go ahead and come. And we all, I do want to go ahead and prepare. The gentleman could prepare the tables, please. We're going to have communion today. But Ephesians 1, verse 18 says this, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Just close your eyes. Everybody in this place, listen to me. Listen to me today as we close this with a time of worship and a time of the Lord's table. It'll be quick, so just hang in there. Listen to what this passage says, and it's speaking directly to you, that you may know the hope which he has called you, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance to the saints. The hope which he has called you, calling you to greater heights, calling you. You say, who am I speaking to right now? I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. Jesus is calling you to be a glorious church, to be a glorious man and woman of God, to rise up for your growth to be stunted no longer, but for there to be accelerated growth and accelerated intimacy with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with our Heavenly Father, with the body of Christ, with the Word of God. Accelerated, I speak that word over you today. Accelerated growth in intimacy in your walk with Christ. Not being forgetful hearers, but being careful listeners. Actively implementing the words that the Spirit of God is speaking to you today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.